Kia ora and welcome to the Kerry Podcast, where we highlight research that weaves together the Word of God in Scripture, the world in which we live, and the work of Christian discipleship. We invite you to join us as we explore ways in which we can live, serve, and witness with Jesus in our constantly changing world. Kia ora koutou. Uh, my name's Sam Kilpatrick. I work at Kerry Baptist College and lecture within the area of adolescence and uh, youth ministry, and I help train people specifically uh, for working with young people. Uh, it was my privilege to interview Simon Marney and talk about his master's thesis, uh, which looked at things to do with discipleship and young people, specifically within Baptist churches, but him and I both agree that his research uh, goes way outside of just being useful within Baptist contexts. A real highlight for me was an expectation that Simon highlighted of young people actually participating, actually being involved in the life of the church, and also a need for a definition of what we mean by discipleship, that it's one of those words that gets chucked around a bit, but perhaps there's better definition required. I really hope that you enjoy listening to this podcast episode. I certainly enjoyed interviewing Simon and think that this is an important topic for us to wrestle with. Just want to apologize, we had a bit of a technical issue when we recorded this and didn't realize till um, after the fact, and so the sound quality is a little less than what we would like, but still well worth a listen because this topic is worthwhile. Enjoy the episode, thank you. Uh, it's great to be talking with uh, Simon Marnie today, and I'm really looking forward to uh, learning about your research, which was around young people and discipleship and particularly your research was within um, New Zealand Baptist churches but obviously we think this research is valuable across yeah absolutely um, much broader than that um, so we're really looking forward to this discussion today so thanks uh, for being with us Simon thanks for and um, yeah it'd be great if you know just to begin with um, you know, tell us just a little bit about yourself let us let us have sure. a little insight into you yeah, so I uh, I don't look it, but I'm in my 40s. Um, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, don't look yeah. It, yeah. Uh, so I grew up going to church, uh, and my parents always believed in just going to whatever church was was closest. Mm. So I think we were Anglican for a while, we were Methodist for a while, all kinds of different things. Uh, but certainly when I grew up going to church, um, I didn't like church very much. Um, you know, my mates would all be playing sport on Sundays and running around, so I didn't really care about church. Um, but one thing that I did get out of it was I was always like the top kid in Sunday school. So I was always so I had a so and, and I bring that up because I, even though I didn't really want to be at church and didn't really want to be there, my parents instilled in me this kind of strong um, biblical knowledge uh, and that foundation mm. uh, was something that I certainly drew upon um, and continued to draw upon as, and throughout my life. Um, so yeah, so I grew up not really wanting to go to church. Uh, but I came back to faith um, in my late teen years through the Salvation Army, um, funnily enough. I didn't even know they were a church at that stage. I thought they were a marching band, and that was all I knew about them. And then I became a, well, came back to faith, became a Christian, uh, however you want to think about um, salvation in that way. Uh, then, and this is part of my sort of faith formation and, and how I understand theology in the church, I went to a prosperity doctrine hyper-Pentecostal Bible school in Texas, for a couple of years in my early 20s, what? Uh, which was interesting. Yeah, it was like, you know, Joel Osteen, the kind of school of theology um, and everything that goes with that. 
and uh, yeah, I was there for a couple of years, and that was influential in good ways and bad ways. Um, and then I came back to New Zealand in my early 20s, uh, and I did a Bachelor of Ministry through BCNZ, uh, Laid Law now, of course, yep. and I've been a youth pastor for 20 odd years. Um, I finished my Masters of Applied Theology in 2021, and we'll talk about that soon. Uh, and at the moment I'm a teacher aide, because that's what you do with the Masters in Theology. Uh, and I'm working with kids who have sort of behavioural, emotional, social challenges. Um, yeah, most of them are sort of seven, eight years old. Um, it's, it's a whole lot of fun. I can tell you some really cool jokes later on. Excellent. But uh, because the government doesn't fund teacher aides very well, it's just a short-term thing. Uh, and then my greatest accomplishment is I've been married to Susan for 16 years, and we have three kids. Ah, very cool. That's awesome. Um, yeah, so you mentioned, obviously, um, in that the... Yeah, you finished your master's yep. in applied theology at the end of 2021. So um, that involved various um, research. And, and tell us a little bit about what was your research actually about. Yeah, so the, the topic, the title of my thesis is How New Zealand Baptist Youth Groups Disciple Young People. Uh, and the reason why I chose that as a topic is uh, youth work is my gem. It's what I've been doing for a long time. I mean, I'm doing a different kind of youth work at the moment. Uh, but I wanted to do some research uh, that would benefit youth pastors in Aotearoa. Uh, and what I found is that there's, you know, there's lots of books on youth ministry and you've probably got half of them on your shelf. Uh, but I think it's probably fair to say that a lot of them are sort of of the flavour of, I'm a very successful youth pastor, I've been doing it for a long time. If you do youth work the same way that I do youth work, you'll have a mega youth group like I do yeah. very quickly. Yeah. And that seems to be how a lot of youth books, youth ministry books are written. Um, and they're all American as well. Yes. You know, there's, there's not very, well, there's for the most nothing. Part. Yeah, there, I mean, there's, there's some from Australia, there's some from England, yeah. um, but there's not much out there. So I was wanting something um, that was in, in our context and was also based on research. So that's what I did and yeah. what I came up with. Cool. So you sort of answered the like why, but tell us a little more of like, like why in particular the discipleship with young people, like why was that the sure. topic that you wanted to press into in particular? Uh, I've been a youth pastor for a long time. Um, I've had the, the privilege of discipling lots of young people and overseeing that. Um, I've developed a lot in my philosophy and thinking about what discipleship looks like, mostly through mistakes. Um, you know, for you know, it's, um, it's cool now, like when you do youth work for a long time, I, I bump into kids who are in their 30s now, <laughs> who've got like 11 and 12 year olds, and I'm just like, I was their youth pastor, you know, way back when. And, um, and so there, there's certainly there are things that I've done um, based on my philosophy and whatnot that have borne lots of fruit. Um, but then I've also seen, you know, a lot of kids that sort of walk away, well not even walk away from church, mostly they just kind of drift away. Mm. Um, there's not too many youth, I don't think, who, you know, wake up one morning and decide, that's it, I'm done. Yeah. They just kind of slowly sort of drift away and then one day that is not there. And I want to be good as a youth pastor. I want to keep doing it better and doing it well. And yeah, and, and I think with youth ministry books, going back to that, there's always fads in yeah. things. And I'm not convinced that they work. Um, certainly not based on my pastoral experience and what I've seen of young people. Um, yeah, yeah, and so having something or producing something that was based in research that a youth pastor in New Zealand could pick up, and not just Baptist youth pastors, yeah. but youth pastors could pick up and be like, hey, 
I'm doing this right, I should definitely stop doing this, and here's the direction we're going. So uh, I'm a pragmatist at heart. Um, <laughs> and having something pragmatic that someone can just pick up and be like, hey look, you know, I am on the right track. I think youth pastors quite often come into conflict with parents, um, with church leadership, with senior pastors at times. Mm. And I think instinctively a lot of youth pastors are on the right track, but they've got nothing that kind of that they can back up their philosophy with. And I think, I believe, that I've got something that a youth pastor could take to their senior pastor and be like, hey, look, we're on the right track here. Mm. It's, it's, you know, it's a long game. Yeah. Um, but there, there are things that we're doing that will be a fruit. And there's things that parents say we should do and other people say we should do that we really shouldn't. Yeah. Because it doesn't be a fruit. It's, you know, the parable of the sower, right? It's, that, it's those shoots that grow up really quickly and die. You know, a lot of youth ministries get around that. Yeah. Um, you know, I read an article called Red Bull Youth Theology. And it's just like, you know, you hype kids up, send them on their way, and then watch them burn out. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Interesting. Um, we'll, we'll get to sort of some of the findings, like obviously hearing a bit more about that is useful, but also, you know, we're interested in your actual research process a little as well. Yeah, so sure. keen to hear a bit more about, like, how did you actually go about doing this research? Um, did you just squirrel away in the, <laughs> in the corner somewhere reading a whole bunch of books, or what did it look like? It was a year of that. Pretty much a year of that of just reading books. So very simply, uh, my research methodology is uh, critical realism, and I won't get into all the um, epistemology and ontology and all those sorts of things um, unless you have insomnia and you need to get some sleep. Uh, but basically the way that critical realism works is that you do a literature review, and then based on the literature you review, and in my case, um, I then developed a theory on how young people became disciples uh, so the literature review, uh, I read books that were based on research. So Barna, um, you know, the American Christian Research Organization, um, they have lots of journal articles and different things about youth ministry and youth discipleship. So I read a lot of their work. Uh, Fuller Seminary has a lot of stuff that uh, they've done a lot of research as well. Uh, and then there's an outfit called the National Study of Youth and Religion, and there are hundreds of articles and dozens and dozens of books that have come out of their research. And a lot of the research that they've done especially has been, um, you know, long-term studies. I read for basically a whole year. I was just reading, reading, reading. Um, I had a cardboard box full of journal articles that I just highlighted to death pretty much. Uh, so after reading all of those, I started to develop a theory about what effective discipleship looks like. And then I took that theory and I took research with it. So based on the theory, I developed a whole lot of questions and I went and interviewed six veteran youth pastors uh, about how they disciple young people. Uh, and then I talked to six young adults who are still going in their faith about how they were discipled and kind of compared a little bit. Like the youth pastors were more like, here's the theory and the, the, the young adults who've gone through youth group were like, here's actually what works. And comparing a little bit of, of those. Um, then I analyzed all the data from, from all these interviews, and then I adjusted my theory, which was the final step in my thesis. Um, the next step would be to take that adjusted theory and then go back into the field and do some more research, but that's yeah. PhD yeah. level stuff, and that's, and that's you know, that's next, next year's tough. Yeah, 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 <laughs> next year if I've got nothing to do. Um, yeah, and it, that's like a three year, five year kind of study yeah. Thing. So that's um, someone else's PhD. I mean, you're looking for something to do. <laughs> no, thank you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that's really interesting. So your the methodology in terms of going from 
your literature review and trying to figure out what's this theory around discipleship yeah. and then testing that in, in, in the field yeah. kind of thing. So you, you used the phrase veteran um, youth pastors. What yeah. sorts of criteria like was, was that? Yeah, so I talked to, I think the uh, most inexperienced youth pastor, I think had been doing, been a youth pastor for five years and right. some of them have been youth pastors. I think the longest was, oh boy, maybe even you don't find many who have been in youth pastors for more than 10 years. So they're yeah. all sort of between five and 10 years. I don't think, yeah, I don't yeah. think any of them were longer than that. And were they generally one place? Or no, so they were all over, all over New Zealand. Um, they were all paid, yeah. so that limits things, because I was looking for youth pastors who had some theological training. Yeah. Um, and the reality is, is that if you want to be paid as a youth pastor, you tend to do that in cities. Mm. Um, there are some larger towns that have paid youth pastors, but not many. Um, but they're all over New Zealand, I think. Um, yeah, off the top of my head, maybe four in the North Island, two in the South Island yeah. for the youth pastors. For the young adults, I managed to talk to some who were out of big cities, like some small towns, and again, South Island, North Island. Yeah. Uh, I didn't really get into different ethnicities and things like that. I think that's that's an important question to ask. Yeah. Uh, because certainly, like with my research, I've talked to Pacifica pastors and Asian pastors, and there are things that the rest of us can learn from how they disciple young people. Mm. But there's also, they've got some significant challenges as well in how they disciple young people. And um, and it's interesting, especially around the one that comes to mind is, you know, young people learn by pushing back on yeah. authority figures. And in Pacifica culture and in Asian culture, you don't do that. And so, but then talking to these pastors about my research saying, hey, look, how do you create a space where your young people respectfully yeah. still showing on it. How can they push back on your authority as a senior pastor? And some of them are like, whoa, hang on. <laughs> yeah. Wow, so, yeah. So that whole cultural piece is very interesting and would make some really interesting research. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there were people, it wasn't that I, I interviewed 12 Pakehas. Uh, there, were, there were some different ethnicities in there, mm. but I wasn't looking for um, that to explain things and I wasn't. So, so the people, because I asked uh, independent people would help me find my research yeah, um, the people that I interviewed, and I didn't say I, I'm not looking for a Pakeha, Pacifica, Asian, yeah. Maori, whatever. I just said, to, "Hey, who have you got that I can talk to?" Cool. Yeah. yeah, no, that's interesting. I mean, the the methodology obviously is very important. Yeah, um, definitely, and yeah, helpful yeah. as well in us hearing and understanding a bit more about it. Cause it yeah, helps yeah. us understand a bit more of your yeah, process sure. and Absolutely. how to filter some of what you yeah, feel yeah. you've learned. So, yeah. um, really, really um, interesting then to to ask the question like. What, what were some of your key findings then? You know? Yeah. Um, what did you learn? What would you want us yeah, to yeah. hear about this research? It's always funny you know, like when people say, can you sum up your thesis in two, in two sentences? Like, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, lots. I think the, the, the first thing that I found was um, in the, the research, so this is in the literature review, mm. uh, there, was a, there was a really poor understanding of what a disciple is. And through the research, I sort of summarised that for like Barner and Fuller and the NSYR, the National Study of Youth and Religion, the best way to summarise what a disciple is, is someone who is moral, someone who consistently attends church or the youth programme, and someone who has a knowledge of God. Um, but this knowledge of God doesn't necessarily need to be transformative. Like, I mean, I had a knowledge of God as a kid and as a teenager, but it, it didn't mean anything. You were the star Sunday school people. I, I got all the gold stars, yeah. I've got I've probably, my mum and dad have probably still got the certificate somewhere. <laughs> so it's those things, someone who's moral, someone who is consistently attending, 
uh, as someone who has a knowledge of God. Now, don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with those things. You know, we want people coming along to our programs sure. and, and morals are, like, when, I talk, when I've talked about this, my thesis with people, I was doing a presentation at a Chinese church about it, um, and they were like, are you saying that morals aren't important? And I'm like, no, 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 no. Morals are important, but if, if that's all a Christian is, then... Um, so yeah, so a disciple of someone who's moral attends church, has a knowledge of God. Um, there's nothing wrong with these things, but there's more to being a disciple than that. Um, so you're saying out of the research that that was what that was came the across summary. as yeah. being the, yeah. this is what a disciple is, boom. Yeah, yeah. and there was a, a Barna study that was done on how parents view their child's youth program. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, our kids go to youth group and they get taught morals. And, um, and they keep going because it's really cool because they have like a foosball table and, you know, cool music and stuff. And they get taught something about God. So, hey, our youth programs are awesome, you know. And it's like, yeah, but there's more to it than that. So, um, and I do see that we, we build our programs to accomplish those goals. Um, you know, we're, teaching morals is important, but we want our kids to be nice, right? And, uh, and if I'm going to be a little bit cynical from a parent's perspective, we want the other kids in the youth group to be nice so that it can influence our kids or our kids in life. And, and that's what parents are looking for, I think, quite often. Um, we want our programs to be really cool, so that the kids want to be there. No one wants to go, and again, to be fair, no one wants to go to a boring program. Um, but if our starting point is entertaining kids or putting on a program that entertains kids, then we're dropping the ball. Um, and we quite often, uh, we overemphasize teaching at the expense of transformation. Um, teaching is absolutely important. If we don't know what we believe and why we believe it, you know, we can be a cult and not even know it. Um, but if there's no transformation happening, then it's just knowledge, and, and that's not good. Uh, I see this happening in churches as well, and when I've talked about um, these findings with pastors and, and ministers in different denominations, they're like, oh yeah, we do that. And so, so the thing with, with my thesis, with all the findings, no one's been like, wow, that's completely left field. You sure. know? And so like, everyone's like, oh yeah, that actually kind of makes sense. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's how we define discipleship and that's how we build the program and we build our programs to accomplish those goals. There was, in all the reading that I did, I found one awesome definition of a disciple and that was from um, Kendra Creasy Dean, who's mm -hmm. like, you know, she's like the, the godmother of youth discipleship and youth theology. <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so she said that a disciple, disciples are people who participate in God's movement towards the world and who are empowered by the Holy Spirit to represent Christ in the process and I'm just like wow and it was one quote and you know a shoe not even a shoebox like a carton full of journal articles that was the best that I found um, when I was talking to the youth pastors and the young adults the common response was uh, when I asked them can you define what a disciple is sometimes it was like blank stares and uh, the best one was um, and I can't remember if it was a youth pastor or a young adult they said that a disciple is someone who makes other disciples I'm like, that doesn't say anything at all. It's just like, what's a chicken? A chicken makes other chickens. I'm like, okay, I don't know anything about chickens now, but I just know they make other chickens. Um, so, yeah, so, that's, so that was what I found um, when I was sort of developing my theory. And then, so that one of the questions that I asked in the research was, how do you define yeah. what a disciple is? And it was deficient, I guess, yeah. if I'm going to be polite. And that, that was part of what drove your ongoing work in this, eh? yeah, the realisation yeah. of our, our defining of what we even think we're doing. Yeah, yeah. Discipleship is, is off the mark. Yeah, and because we don't know what we're doing, and then we don't know why we're doing it. 
yeah, and we develop programs and we structure our programs in a way to accomplish something which we haven't all that well defined mm -hmm. in the first place. What is it about um, Kendrick Dean's definition that particularly struck you at the time? Like, what 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 is it about that definition that you think, yeah, that's that's it? Well, first of all, she had a definition. Sure, that has yeah, helpful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's a couple of key words, and, and these came out in the theory that I developed and then the theory that I tweaked at the end. She talks about this idea of participation, and participation is one of the key words um, mm. that came out of my research. For, um, you know, because I was asking young people, why are you still involved in church? You know, why are you still, why have you grown as a disciple? And participation just came up over and over and over again. They were able to participate in God's work in the world. Yeah. Uh, and in the broader sense of the word. You know, like um, some of them have been on overseas missions, but not really. But, you know, like one of them talked about like his church had a, um, a pallet ministry where they'd get old pallets and cut them up. And, you know, and through participating in God's work with that particular um, ministry, he connected with other people. And connection is another, is another key word. Kendra Creasy Dean talks about being empowered by the Holy Spirit. Um, you know, as we participate in God's work and as we connect with people and connect with God, we're transformed by the Spirit. So, yeah. empowered by the Spirit, transformed by the Spirit, you know, they, they yeah. go hand in hand, right? Yeah. Um, and, and she talks about becoming Christ like, and it's a transformation thing, you know, like, you know, when I think about my growing up as a teenager, you wouldn't want me representing Christ, you know, <laughs> I, I, other than the fact that I had all the gold stars at Sunday sure. school, but you wouldn't really want me representing Christ, you know. Um, and so, yeah, participation, empowering by the Holy Spirit, or transformation, um, were some of the, the key things in her definition mm. which, which stood out to me. Um, and they helped shape my initial theory and then the theory which was um, adjusted after I did my research. Mm. No, that's great. And obviously it stood out as well because you felt like there weren't others. Yeah, well, well I mean, you know, I, I referenced the Barna research yeah. before where they're like a disciple of someone who goes to youth group and has a good time and has nice friends. Yeah. And, um, you know, and if you, want, if you want to do a program like that, you can set up a program like that, but they might not be participating in what God is doing in the world and they might not be being transformed. We kind of hope that they are transformed by the Spirit, but being a bit more intentional about it and uh, creating spaces and means and opportunities so that people do encounter the Spirit and then are transformed by the Spirit is a key part of discipleship. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I want to ask you kind of how, how does this m make a difference, I suppose, on the ground for us. But mm. before I get to that, like, was there any other kind of findings or learnings that are particularly important, do you think? Or? Yeah, well, the, I mean, the three key words that came out of my theory and, and my, the theory that I developed through the research didn't change all that much mm. um, after I did all the research, I emphasised. So the three key words anyway were participation, yeah. um, and this is in the work of the kingdom, and having, a, and you know, we can talk about mission and that, you know, participating in God's mission, but it's having a broader understanding of what mission is. Yeah. You know, and, like, and for Baptists, um, you know, there's an old German Baptist who talks about this idea that we're all missionaries. And, you know, and there's a you know, Baptist idea again that everywhere we go is a mission field. So how do we help young people participate in their mission and on their mission field? You know, if we're sending a mission, missionary off overseas, you know, we equip them and train them and resource them. Um, and kids need those sorts of things on, on their mission field and in the areas that they're passionate about. So participation is really important. Um, connection is, is, is vital. And you know, quite often there's, there's been a theory for a long time that the most important relationship in a young person's life are their friends. 
the research didn't sh- the, the literature review didn't show that, and certainly my research didn't show that. Mm. There were a few other young adults who grew up going to church, and they were the youth group. You know, there were no other kids around, and, and it was just them. And so, intergenerational relationships are vital. Yeah. Um, relationships with parents are really important, and you know, and in twenty first century culture society, that's trickier. And and actually, how do we train our parents through missionaries to our kids? Yeah. Uh, I think one of the things that even as I've developed as a youth pastor, you know, I spend more time training parents in some ways. You know, I spend just as much time with parents like, hey, this is how you pass faith on to your kids, because kids will mimic what they see. Mm. You know, and and or sorry, they mimic what they perceive. And what they see and what they perceive can be quite different. Yeah. Um, but teaching parents, so um, so connections are really important. I mean, connections with peers are important, but it's the intergenerational connections that are, that are really important. And also having meaningful connections with parents around issues of faith yeah. um, are vital. And the best way for these connections to happen is as we participate together. So I talked about this young guy with the pallet ministry. Like um, he formed a whole bunch of parental type relationships yeah. with uh, with the people in his church as he participated in God's mission. And as he participated in God's mission, he connected with these guys. It was mostly guys ministry, um, and through that he connected with God. And as he did all that, he was transformed by the Spirit. So participation, connection, transformation, um, and they all go hand in hand. You know, like as we participate, we're transformed. As we connect, connect with God, connect with other people, we're transformed. Yeah. Um, so, if I was going to sum up my thesis in three words: participation, connection, um, transformation. Mm. And you know, your question about so how does it change what we do on the ground? Yeah, like how, like yeah, what is it that like is most significant in terms of our work in this world? What do you think? Yeah, it's creating spaces for those things to happen and giving people opportunities for those things to happen. Mm. It's having an expectation actually that you will participate. Yeah. Um, so my my son is in scouts, and in scouts there's an expectation that you will do things. You know, you don't turn up and just watch. You know, you you are you're partic- you're an active participant. And, um, and again, I mean, it's maybe a little bit cynical, but I think we've let people be spectators in church too much. Um, but it's also the way that we structure church makes it, it can be difficult to participate. Oh, and you know, like I think about like for me, I, I can't clap in time, right? So you don't want me participating in the music team. But you know, like for me as a teenager, I was a shy kid who was scared of my shadow. So how do we help our young people like that find opportunities to participate in an appropriate way? Um, how are we resourcing and connecting them so that they can do it without overwhelming them and burning them out? Mm. Um, because the, the, they all happen, the participation, the connection, the transformation, it all happens at the same time. It's not one happens and one happens and one happens. It's, it's much more organic than that. And what works for one kid might not work for another kid. So it's, yeah, it's about finding opportunities for those things to happen and encouraging people, expecting them to do it. Um, I really love that that sense of like actually having an expectation that this is yeah you know, it's the body of Christ right yeah you know like um you know if if every part of the body is not participating yeah then the whole body suffers yeah, yeah. but again that drives back to your thing of like but we need to have the definition of what it is we think we're doing yeah, absolutely <laughs> yeah yeah so I think that I would um, when I think about how I would teach now and things like that, I'd much more emphasize the body of Christ. Mm. But what it means to be an active participant in the body of Christ, um, I would focus on mission a whole lot more. Uh, and even um, you know, the, in Luke 10, you know, Jesus sends out the 72 and he says, go do mission, let's go. And you know, but he's, he's supporting them and he's praying for them and he's encouraging them. 
and then they have this you know debrief time afterwards but there's this expectation of if you're following christ you you are um, helping bring about the kingdom of god so i'll talk a whole lot more about the kingdom they're helping young people to see that everywhere they go and everything they do can be kingdom related mm. um, and it's not about manipulating situations or you know forcing round pegs into square holes but it's about hey everywhere you go is your mission field mm. and every person you interact with you're a missionary to that person and what that means yeah mm. no, that's really good um, obviously one of the bigger resources that is sort of out there is growing young that, yeah you know, a number of people have kind of looked at that and they talk about creating warm community um, yeah that's part yeah. of so that, would you yeah. see that as being part of this whole process of yeah so in that in growing young they talk about how it's intergenerational connections yeah. right yeah um, interestingly the first thing in that book is about giving people the keys to the church yes right? but in that there's an expectation sure. that you will you be involved will participate, yeah. you'll be doing something here yeah. but you'll be doing it with someone yeah you know so you'll be doing it with your community yeah and uh, you know it's within community that we find uh, meaning and purpose and identity yeah. you know within community and I think that uh, you know another thing to do on the ground is to keep on working on what it means to be a community and even how we do our church services so that we can grow and develop community yeah uh, i think for not i think i have a conviction about this you know i think for our youth ministries most of our young people are in small groups where people are you know and you know in a small group we know what's going on in their lives we're praying for them we're crying with them and sharing with them all these sorts of things i'd love to see as many people outside of youth group age being involved in that way as well. I think there's a lot that young people in youth ministry and youth pastors can teach the broader church. Uh, I think youth pastors, we think about discipleship all the time because mm-hmm. our baseline is, is that our young people aren't disciples. So we, we need to be intentional about it. I've had much more conversations about discipleship with youth pastors than I've had with senior pastors. Mm-hmm. Um, because youth pastors, we wrestle with it all the time. Yeah. Um, and you know, Because we have an assumption that our young people aren't Christian necessarily, so we're, so we're trying to be missional, we're trying to engage them with the gospel. Um, senior pastors are, are wearing a different hat and have a different perspective on things. Um, yeah. No, that's interesting. Um, anything else in terms of you know, how this lands on the ground? Like any, any other thoughts at all? I've found that since, so yeah, I did my thesis in 2021. I've had lots of opportunities to talk about it with with pastors ministers priests you know like outside of baptists you know because i see that people are struggling with discipleship and how to grow disciples and how to define disciples um you know i'm helping a denomination present like a, a research thing to their national body on how they might do youth discipleship better uh so it's something that people are struggling with and Oh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go talk popular on myself here. I think that there, there are things in my thesis that will help people, challenge people, point them in the right direction, make them think about what they're doing and why they're doing. So what you're saying is your thesis is great. Yeah, you yeah, read it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Um, maybe skip all the stuff on epistemology and ontology. <laughs> and, I mean, the research method, the, the methodology is interesting, but it's just like that. I, I, I think it's gold. Yeah. You know, I think I think there's a lot of good things in there. That's great. And and yeah, and as I've talked to whole broad kind of chunk of different people from different faith traditions and denominations and contexts and stuff like that they're all like oh yeah oh yeah mm. yeah so 
Yeah, no, read it. It's good. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, available in all good bookstores. <laughs> yeah. Hey, look, I can. I've got. I've, I've got an email address. It's just like I'm happy to send it out as a PDF. I'm happy to talk to people about it. Yeah. Yeah. My weakness is coffee. So yeah, if you buy me a coffee, you, you've you've got me. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> uh, awesome. Um, I guess yeah. The last kind of question or you know formal question that we have here is like. Obviously, this research matters. It matters on the ground. Mm. We hope that it can help change the way that ministry is being done or discipleship yeah. for young people is being done. But in this whole process of you know, research and whatnot, how has it changed you? Like, what's it you know, impacted in your life or how have you been changed by this process? I would drastically change how I do youth work, mm. I think. Um, I would anchor youth ministry within the context of the broader church a whole lot better. Uh, I was a youth pastor of a church for a while where the youth group was bigger than the church and I was too immature as a youth pastor to recognise the dangers in that. I was too busy patting myself on the back saying we're awesome. Yeah. Um, but the youth congregation and the broader congregation that sort of burnt their bridges between the two of them. I would be looking to the choir people, you know, the people who are just kind of floating along in youth group, they're there all the time, you know, um, and I'd be talking to them about, hey, what's the mission of God in your life? What does that look like for you? How can we help you participate? How can we... Um, Ephesians 4 is like my go-to chapter, right? You know, the, the purpose of a... If I paraphrase a little bit, the purpose of a youth pastor is to help their young people find their place within the kingdom and find their place within the body and then resource equip them, kick them in the butt, get them to do it. Because as they do those things, they participate, they connect with people, they're transformed, you know, the yeah. kingdom is coming. I would be much more, I'd be pushing a whole lot more um, rather than saying, hey, come follow me. Mm. I'd be pushing, but like, let's, let's do this, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Mm. Well, um, Simon, thanks so much for your time today um, it's been great reflecting a little bit on your research uh, with you and hearing a bit of your um, sense of its importance and, and how awesome it is obviously that everyone should read it it is fantastic um, but yeah thanks so much for doing the work yeah. um, and for sharing that with us we really appreciate it that's been honor If you have enjoyed this podcast, Kerry has a range of pathways that can help you learn how to weave together God's Word, God's World, and God's Work. For more information about on-site and distance study, visit kerry.ac.nz.